0: okay good afternoon everybody we are uh,
1: continuing um the halachot of uh, Hilchot fila specifically uh, how to daven the amida um and i'm going to pick off um from the end of last week's shir before purim we, were dis- we started discussing can one daven from a cell phone an ipad or things of that nature and uh, that's gonna be the first part of this uh, this week's shir. The second part we'll go on to is what is a required kavana when one is davening the Shmona Yisrei? What is ma'akev? What is something that if one didn't have the correct intention, one has to repeat? Um, and what if those laws have changed through the generations? So to begin the sugya of what one can use um, when davening. Can one use a, 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 a cell phone? Let's begin with a the Gemara in Masechet Sukkah. Gemara in Masechet Sukkah, Mem Aleph says as follows, Amar lei mar bar So, mar baravashah uh, said to Ravashi, uh, that his father would daven when he was holding a lulav. Lulav, the, 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 the arba minim, he would daven. As the Gemara, matey but how is that possible? We know from a Gemaraim brachot that a person is not allowed to hold a tefillin in his hand or even a sefer Torah by his chest and daven. And, and then also other halachot regarding a sefer Torah and a but for our purposes, it sounds like you're not even allowed to hold fill in or say for Torah in one's hand when one is dabbling. So how can one hold a, the Arba Minim? So, Amar Shmuel, Sakim Bekara, Ki Kar Uma'ot, elukayot Yotzevehen. And furthermore, Shmuel says regarding a knife, a bowl, a loaf of bread, and money. So these are Lichora, all similar to the above. Right? So so so, what's, Why is it that lulav is permitted? Meaning, the Gemara in Brachot gives a list of six items what one is not allowed to hold when davening. These are the six items. Meaning, the sakin, the karat, the kikar maot, all of these things one is not allowed to hold, besides for the sake of Torah. So so, why is the lulav different? So also Gemara Hatam Lab Mitzveninu There regarding those. Atoms, it's not a mitzvah and therefore it's a problem. Tarid He's going to concern himself with them. Here, since it is a mitzvah, he's not going to concern himself with it. Now, that statement in the Gemara is a bit obscure. What does the Gemara exactly mean? And we'll see that it's a big machlok in Rishonim. How do I understand the Answer uh, in the Gemara. Rashi is a very clear understanding. Loyo person is not allowed these objects. And again, it's not only filling in a Sefer Torah. Lichora, we're also talking about a, a, a piece of bread or some money. Why? Rashi says the concern is if a person is holding something, he is has to concern himself worry that the object that he's holding doesn't drop why if the object drops then it's going to either be a design of some note even bread if a bread drops so it will not be edible afterwards etc might get dirty and things like this atom mm-hmm. says rashi the concern of here yeah, is a person not going to be, able to be focusing on his avening because he, he's concerned, even in a, a, a subconscious level or, or a slightly conscious level, cognizant of the fact that he's holding something that he's got to make sure that it doesn't drop. What about a lulav? Rashi says, mm-hmm. It's not mitzvah to hold the mezuzah, it's not mitzvah to hold the sefer Torah. And therefore, it's considered like a masa, it's considered as a burden. Mm-hmm. He's they con- even a person's holding the tefillin. He's concerned about dropping them. Now, I, I just want to clarify: we're not talking about a person who is wearing the twin. Person who is wearing the tefillin, there's no problem. The problem over here is a person is holding a pair of tefillin in his hand. He's not wearing them. The kavanah of Masamu shmiratam, and this is going to preoccupy him. It's going to, it's going to be difficult to bear them and to guard them whilst focusing on his tefillah. As opposed to the mitzvah of lulav, that there's a type of mitzvah by holding it, at least for the pious people of Yerushala, uh, Yerushalayim, they used to hold it. And that's an interesting discussion in and of itself. What does it mean that is a mitzvah? Does it mean that every second that I'm holding the lulav, amakayim a a mitzvah, similar to every second that I'm wearing a, t- a tzitzit or tefillin amakayim a a mitzvah? It's not so clear what the gemara is, what the mitzvah is over here, but we're going to leave that for today. That's not our discussion. Bezrat Hashem, um, maybe when we, we, we when we uh, um, go to Hilchot Sukkah, we, we might come back to this uh, Rashi and try and figure out what, what he means, what the Gemara means when it said it's a mitzvah of holding the the lulav. But here it says Rashi, taking it right and holding it is a mitzvah. Since it's so dear to him, it's not considered a uh, it's not considered a burden. And because it's not considered a burden, he's not going to worry about it. Let's see what the Beit Yosef says regarding this din in Orachaim Siman Sarikvaf. Rashi mitzvah since it's not a mitzvah to hold them, it's going to be a burden. Since it's a burden, it's going to be um, it's going to be a, a, a problem for him to guard it and still remain focused. However, okay. Now let's read the last line of the verse yourself. Regarding this, have said if certain things do not have a loss. Let's say I'm holding a pen in my hand,
0: plastic pen. Now. If the pen drops, it's not going to be a loss to anybody. I'll pick it up. So
1: according to Rashi's explanation of the Gemara, there's no problem me holding a pen. If they they fall on the ground, meaning if I'm holding a glass cup, um, I couldn't daven with it because if I dropped it, it would break. However, if I'm holding a pen and I dropped it, nothing would happen to it. Shalom Israel. according to Rashi's explanation. Look at the Rabenu Yona. Rabin Rabbeinu Yona explains as follows. That which the Gemara in Brachot listed as the six items and was mentioned, by Shmuel in Mesechet Sukkah. Labdafka says, Rabbeinu Yonah, it's not those specific things. The Gemara just brought examples of, you know, what was like uh, um, casually people might have in their hands. The Huadin, however, it applies. He's not allowed to hold anything when he's davening. The only thing is the exception to the rule is what's explicit in the Gemara is the lulav. Because of the chibu of the mitzvah, it's not going to decrease from his uh, uh, intention and focus when he's doubling. And according to Rabbi Niyonah's explanation, the person should not be holding anything at the time that he's doubling. There is a big difference between Rabbi Yone and Rashi. Rashi is concerned that basically it's only something that if you drop, it's going to break or it's going to become inedible or, or it's going to become a or of something. And therefore, a person is worried, is concerned that it might fall. Only those objects uh, would be a problem to hold when one is stabbing. On the other hand, the koin anything, anything that one might uh, um, be holding, is a problem. It takes away from one's kavana. Now, it's not so clear um, why it takes away from a person's kavanah. Um, what exactly is the svara of Rabbi Yon? It's not so clear. And we've seen basically two general groups in the Aharoni. Uh, For those of you who have the Safer, Volume 11, I suggest reading the article at the end of this uh, here uh, he he Rav Dan Cohen explains very nicely the different. She taught how to explain Rabenu Yona, but I'll say it uh, outside. One explanation of Rabenu Yona is that the concern is uh, it's taking away my focus, meaning the fact that I'm holding something in my hands on some level distracts me from my matfila. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm holding something, even if it's on a very l- low level, distracts me from matvilah. And that's what, what the problem is. Another explanation that we've seen in the Primagadim and the Shulchan Aruch is a problem called Kvod Shamain. It's not machubad, meaning you're standing in front of the king and you're holding something. When you go in front of a, a, a dignitary, you, you don't go holding something. Meaning it's not a problem of a distraction that you might, you know, you know by you holding something, you become distracted as much as it's a problem of it's not to be holding something when talking to a dignitary, when you're standing in front of the uh, Now, admittedly, the second explanation, which I said, is that holding something might be considered not shamayim when standing in front of a doesn't necessarily fit well with the words of Rabbeinu Yona. meaning it's not hinted to in the actual words of Rabbeinu Yona. Rabbeinu Yona says it seems to distract from one's kavana of tefillah, and that seems to be the basic and the, the, the more easier interpretation of Rabbeinu Yola. So according to Rashi, it's a problem only if you're holding something that you're concerned that if it drops, it will break. So other items that you're not concerned if they drop, it's not going to be uh, uh, a headset of something would be okay. Contra abenu yana, it is a problem holding anything. And we gave two explanations. Explanation number one is whatever you're holding distracts a person on a certain level. Explanation number two, which some people want to say is actually the opinion of the Rambam, is that it's a problem of not giving correct kavod to shamayim, when a person is standing in front of a dignitary, one doesn't hold an object. So to when a person standing kavachom, when a person standing in front of a Kodesh Baruch Hu, one doesn't hold an object. Whichever of those three opinions are, how does the Shulchan Aruch rule? says that Shulchan Aruch Hu Tzadik shu mitpalel lo yochaz biado tefilin, when a person's davening, he shouldn't hold in his hand tefilin, velo sefer nor one of the Sifrei uh, Kodesh, such as the Megillah, neither a full bowl, or uh, a, a knife, or money and a, a loaf of bread. Why Because he's concerned, he's distracted, making sure that they don't fall. And that will distract him from his intention when davening. We see from here which opinion does the Shukanar seem to favor? The He says explicitly, but he brings the exception to the rule of the Lulav. Why? Kevan shechid zabi adu he mitzvah inoni tradbishfilo. So since it's a mitzvah, so the concern of of it not dropping is not not a burden for him. Let's see the Mishne Berurah. Mishne Berurah says shumitz pallel. The prima gadim kata avdu hu adin bishat kriyat shema pesuket By the way, it includes also kriyat shema pesuket dezimra. Umaot v'kikar regarding money and a loaf of bread says the Mishne the Bemefsed. Specifically, these items are mentioned because, as we said, if you drop them, there's going to be some type of damage done to them. or aval shadvari mutalechos. The pshat of the Shogol is, like we said, like Rashi. If you're holding a pen and the the pen is going to drop and nothing's going to happen to it, there's no problem holding it when done. And then says the Mishnah Bura VeYeshomrim. But some say, the honey love dafka, he's now quoting Rabbeinu Yonah, that no, not only these specific items that if they drop, they will break. The The Gemara was just giving a list of things that were commonly found in the household. But really, the Gemara was saying one is not allowed to hold any object in one's hands. Now, the fact that the mission brings this afterwards seems to be that perhaps one should be Mahmir and one should be Mahmir not to wear, not to hold anything in one's hand. What is the Pi right Why? Now look at the words of the uh, look uh, at the words of the Pi. The Hatam. שאין דרך ארץ לאמוד בין אנשים דולים וקופצתב בידור. וכול שכן, לפני מלך מלחם, ליה מרחים מכה כדורש בורח. The mishne, the 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 um, the pesukei shabbat is explaining the uh, explaining the mishne brura as giving the third explanation that we said. We said one explanation of rashi is because you're concerned that it's going to fall, it's going to break. Another explanation, the simple explanation of Rabbeinu Yonah is that anything time you're holding something, it distracts you on some level. A third explanation we said in the name of the Prima Ganim is not Kabot Shamae. Whether that fits into the words of the Rabbeinu Yana is difficult, but that is how the Piske Shubat is explaining, at least it seems to be, Rabbeinu Yonah. Because uh, Rabbeinu, uh, the Mishnubura seems to be quoting word for word Rabbeinu Yonah. And the Pesikta Shuvah is explaining that Shita, um, and that's that, that's very interesting because uh, it, how it fits into the words of Rabbi Niyana is is, is a bit, bit difficult. It's not necessarily to say that that Shita doesn't is not found in the Rishonim. If you read the article at the end of this uh, Sefer, uh, at the end of the Shir, uh, Rav Dan Cohen wants to claim at least that there's a good argument to say that
0: that is actually the shitta of the Rambam okay, but uh, but let's let's move on. um So
1: now, let's see what the Chubot says based on this, and we asked the question. So based on this, can one dubbin holding a cell phone? So says I sketch. But I came nil mad that came khamul akhzik by Baghdad, telephone bisha tatfil alul satsar and all the shit came a chart telephone shigrat faemi gushar alakhat fiktub bjam'a bshukhana loh. Ala azirut shalo lafir alkwanat almitpalin. Right? So he says he's talking about just keeping it in your pocket. He thinks it's uh it's a big problem um because if it's uh um it's going to disturb you, it's going to disturb your other your other governors. Uh, um, but that's not really what I wanted to. We'll come ba- back to the Piscate we'll in a moment. But let's read the Shambura. The, um, also, a baby, holding on to a baby, would have the same problem that you're concerned the baby's going to drop, etc. And this could be a problem. Now, based on this, mm-hmm. Could one actually daven using a sidur? Maybe it's asked to hold a sidur. There's a true matadeshin. When you're holding a sidur, you're holding it why? For the sake of davening, over <coughs> the in order to daven correctly, word for word. Because of this, everything that we said above, the Massah, a person's going to have a burden, he's going to be worried, etc., doesn't apply, even though one could argue that we said that, you know, a person's not allowed to hold, the Gemara says, and a person's not allowed to hold a Sefer right? because it might drop. You don't want a Sefer kodesh to drop. So, so, too, one could argue, hold on a way, a person's kind of worried about dropping his Sidur. Nevertheless, says a Tshumat HaDesh, not since you're holding the Sidur for enhancing one's tefillah, so those concerns are not, uh, are not founded and it would be okay. And this is how the Shulchan Aruch has Mutar le'echoz machzor tfilot biyado b'shaa she mitpalel It is permitted to hold the Sidur or machzor ha'il ve'tofes le'tzorech tefillah atzma lo'tari dum yedalulah it's not going to be concerned, similar to a The mishum de la kichato mitzvah lo tarid, since he's holding it for the mitzvah, it's not going to be. A, it's not a burden. Says Rama, makom im lo hayabiyado kodem shitchil. It wasn't in his hands when. He's you shouldn't grab it in the middle of his tefillah. Unless it's in a place where it's, where it's generally accessible. Then it is permitted. Now, look at the Yalkut Yosef, how he puts this all together. So, so before we get to the Alkut Yosef, one could argue as follows. On the one hand, the Gemara says that you're not allowed to hold certain things because they might drop. Uh, or at least that's how Rashi understood it. According to Rabbi Yon, it seems you're not allowed to hold anything. We saw that like Rashi, you're only concerned about things that might drop and be damaged. But both, even according to that, holding a cell phone, there's a good argument to say, well, if the cell phone drops from my hand, it will break. Right? And therefore, um, maybe I am concerned about that. On the other hand, on the other hand, one could argue that we see that even though there's a concern regarding a sefer Kadesh that it might drop, and a person is worried about that. When you take the sefer kodesh Tfila, meaning the machzor or the the sidur, then we're not concerned about that. Similarly, one could argue when I'm holding a cell phone iPad, whatever it is to daven from it, then that concern is abated, just like we saw the sidur and just like we saw the Lula. OK, those are the two sides of the argument. Let's see what uh, the Yelkut Yosef of Yitzchak Yosef says. Small uh, hand-held uh, uh, um, computer. Meikar he says, mutar it's permitted. Why? We don't have to concern ourselves that, you know, he's worried that he, the, the computer might drop. She kan lo when are we concerned about holding a very expensive object or something that if it drops might break when it's going to contradict his focus on his but if he's davening from that object even if it's expensive he's concerned it might drop nevertheless it doesn't interfere with his, with his, uh sorry, ein ze shone mi sidur or yakar. Let's say I've got a nice sidur which is leather bound, etc. It's the same thing. The ein ze So basically, Rav Yitzchak Yosef is putting everything together, and he says, "Look, understand the shito of Rashi,
0: okay."
1: And I understand the shita of uh, Rabbeinu Yonah. By the way, the Shulchanah of Lichola Rashi, but the Mishnabrurah was Machmir. But even the Mishnabrurah that was Machmir right, in the end of the day, and even if we want to take Lichora, that it's a problem even according to Rashi, if it's for the sake of Tfilah, then Lichora, everyone would agree, both Rashi and Rabbeinu Yonah. Right? There is still a third shita that we mentioned, and that is what about Kvod shamayim. Now, how does Kvod Shamayim fit into this? Anyone, I think, would agree that it's not a problem of Kvod Shamayim holding a sidur, Why? because in the end of the day, you're doing it because because you want to make sure that you are you're reading uh, correctly in front of um, in front of the, uh, the, the 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 what's it called um, in front of a Kol D'Baruch, and that's that's uh, that's fine. However, when it comes to a cell phone, it's not so clear-cut, meaning, yes, you're doing it for the sake of the tefillah. Could you have done it holding something else that would give more cover to shaman? Possibly. Meaning if you've got an alternative and there's a sidur in front of you and a cell phone, which one should you use? One could have a strong argument to say that it's better to use a sidur. For two reasons. Number one, perhaps it's not covered Number two, we saw that the problem over here is distraction. And generally, a phone is a very, distra- uh, Nahon, it's also a tefillah. But the other things, uh, an email could pop up, uh, a message could pop up, pop up, in the middle of one Shmona, Israel, it could be very problematic. Now one could, w- let's see what the Panina al says, and then we-, we will finish this topic. The For davening, switch off your phone. The in a shul or where there are sidurim, and if one should not use one's phone to daven." because as we said, this cell phone, in and of itself, is a very distracting. Uh, um, thing which we saw was the whole discussion in the Gemara that don't hold something that's going to distract you. Second of all, in and it's also, it doesn't, it's uh, people will will think that you're looking at your um your your notices and your emails during tefillah By the way, I, I, I'm, I'm very cognizant of this when I sometimes have to dub on a plane. Uh, it's very in, Makubal um, in the Jewish world that when you see someone davening and him holding his phone, they understand that he's obviously got a sitter on his phone. That's very acceptable. I'm not sure how many goyim would, would, make, that, uh, would make that connection and assume that you've got a davening. They say, hold on a second, this guy's putting on his tefillin and his talus in on on the plane and then he picks up his phone yeah like what kind of cover is that is a guy davening or is he watching is he reading all his emails like make up your mind. now i think that is a concern in in terms of you know kiddush Hashem and chilo Hashem. this is what what um what the penina is pointing out over here is that you know it looks like people might think I think especially in places where they are going, like when, when you're traveling, when I'm traveling, often when I'm traveling, I'm davening on planes, et cetera. I try as much as possible to remember to, to pack a sidor for the plane, uh, especially for this, especially for this. It's easier, obviously, to daven from the cell phone, but even if, um, you know, I wouldn't have a sidur when you're traveling and they are going around, I think it's important not to daven from a cell phone over and above. All the other reasons that we've just said. However, (coughs) says the person doesn't have a cedar and he has them from a cell phone. First of all, neutralize the cell phone, meaning put it on flight mode or whatever it is. And then you can daven from it. Okay, that's a separate story. If your person needs to, his wife's in the ninth month, or he's in Asala, uh, um, or first, uh, or doctor, that's something else. So the bottom line is as follows. Me'ikar adin, there seems to be that one can daven from one's uh, cell phone, etc., for the same reason that one can daven from tefillah, when you're holding something for the sake of tfila, all the reasons of burden, etc., and and distraction uh, seem to be uh, taken away. Two here I wrote on that. Here, here number one, one has to remember to put one's phone on flight mode because if it's not on flight mode and a person gets a call, that is very distracting. So, Lihora, that would be a problem to in uh, to with something, even if you're going to push, uh, even if you're going to push, um, you know, end call. But th- the point is, Chazal were very much that you shouldn't be holding something that could be a distraction. And the fact that you could get a call any moment or an email, whatever it is, any moment, that in and of itself is a problem. So a person has to, A, remember to put it on flight mode or whatever it is. Number two, there is Lichora, still a problem of Fod Shamaim, especially when it comes to maritime in terms of Goyim. I think one should be very careful not to daven from a cell phone if possible. Again, I haven't done a, a uh, census amongst Goyim what they think of when a Jew is uh, seemingly davening and holding a cell phone. I'm not sure. Um, <coughs> perhaps, Perhaps with all the applications now people would would kind of come to the conclusion that it's a Sidur. I'm not sure. But I think definitely, if one can, we see the poskim say that both for the sake of and for the sake of not distracting, if possible, it's better to dump the without a uh, not from an electric, uh, from a phone or from a WhatsApp, or whatever it is, but from a Sidur. Obviously, if you don't have, then there's no problem from a cell phone. Okay. Um, Let's move on to the next uh, topic. And basically,
0: women holding young children, but it's also for, for, for fathers. It's the same thing. When a, a, a mother is holding a child.
1: One obviously has to make sure that the child isn't falling. And it's going to cause distraction shum minsa, like some type of uh, couch, betvila. This isn't how one would go and greet the president of the United States. stoma, this isn't how one should daven either. Shane Brera, however, this is all assuming you've got a choice. If there's no choice, iman Person knows that they can daven in with intention when the child is on them. right? Uh, but when it's not clear, then don't doubt it, right? Um, okay, now this last part lichora, is different to a man and a woman because a man has a bigger obligation, as we've seen before, than a woman. Lichora. Okay, let's uh, um, let's just go to, I think that's. Let's let's go to the next year and start the topic of the requirement of kavana when one is uh, when one is actually davening. So let's, let's begin with the Gemara. It says as follows: Tanur Abanan Brachot Lamadaneh Hamit Pallel person who is davening Sarich Sheichavenet Libol Hashemayi has to have intention uh, to heaven. It's an interesting phrase shamayim um, By the way, at the end of this article, uh, Shira, is a very good essay where the, the, the nusach of yeah, in different gemaras the nusach is slightly different. And shechavenet libo, And as we'll see, there might be nuances between the, the, the different languages. As we'll see, what exactly is the kavana needed, the required intention needed? Okay, but for now, the Gemara says he has to intend his heart or focus his heart to heaven. The way he to remember this is, right, uh, or an indication of this is, but they have to uh, prepare their hearts, takshiv of Necha, and your ear will listen. Based on this Gemara, right? and a few other
0: gemaras. Let's read what the Torah has to say in One's
1: thoughts. What does that mean? The Tanya, And Palat might his heart. Again, it's focused with his heart. It leaves out the Perush explains the tour. This is that a person has to have intention,
0: meaning I have to be cognizant when I'm reciting the word.
1: And a person should think as if the Shchina is opposite that I've said in front of me always. The
0: tourists mentioned two
1: separate Kavanot, maybe three. Kavanot, n- number one is to, to basically be cognizant. I'm saying words, what, what they mean. Kavanah number two, that I, I view it as if the, I'm, I'm standing opposite the Shekhinah. Kavanah number three, or part of that, the Kavanah, is to get rid of all other thoughts in my head. <speaking> in <Hebrew> okay, so that seems to be part of the same second element of the Kavanah. Let's see where the Shulchanuch rules. <speaking in Hebrew> Now, by the way, it's very interesting. Where where did the tour and the Shulchan Aruch get this? The Gemara said, "Hamitfalel tzerich shi'chavven et libol l'shamayim." Now, tzerich shi'chavven et libol l'shamayim. Perhaps I could understand means that I have to kind of have a, an understanding that I'm standing in front of a kol or that I'm davening to a kol uh, It's a bit of a jump from that uh, statement to
0: say the meaning of it is. No? Where, where, where exactly did the tour get that um, understanding from the Gemara?
1: Where is it hinted to in the Gemara? okay? Um, perhaps from the uh, And so the Shumana basically quotes, as the tour said, these two ideas, number one, number two, explanation of the words, and number two, that person basically has to view as if a Kosh Baruch Hu is in front of them. Um, as we mentioned, where the source of perushamilin comes from is not so clear. It's not from the Gemara that we, we quoted. Um, let's... Uh, um, the Mishnah Brua just adds in, Perusha Milot, don't start thinking all types of Kabbalistic understandings. Right. Basically, a person has to you know, you've got to understand the Kodesh Baruch is the healer of all, all flesh. That, that's what it means. Don't, don't start getting into all types of Kabbalistic understandings. Now, he says like this. the b'pnei Look at the Pnei Yoshua she Aruch That Kavana mentioned in the Shulchan Aruch. Now, what was the Kavana that the Shulchan Aruch mentioned? He mentioned. He mentioned standing in front of the Shekhinah, and he mentioned getting rid of all other ideas from one's mind. Says the Pnei Yoshua, He You can only have this intention before you stand and dabben. Meaning that according to Pnei Yoshua, when do I have to have this mindset that I'm standing in front of the king before I start dabbening? When I start dabbening, it's very difficult to have that in mind. Rather, I've got to focus on the translation of the words, just being cognizant what's coming out of my mouth and understand what I'm saying. We want to look at the Rambam, and the Rambam seems to contradict himself, and based on this Rambam, they're going to be very... Uh, the, the give different explanations of the contradiction in the Rambam. Let's see, first of all, how the Rambam understands Kavana, and let's see if we can see if there is a contradiction in the words of the Rambam and maybe this can all help us understand further what is the required Kavana state. So again, before we start the Rambam, we saw that they're basically two separate kavanot: kavanat of the Milim that the Torah and the Shulchan Aruch mentioned. And there's also Kavana, understanding on understanding in front of the king and getting rid of all other things. There's a the Rambam. ketsad here, kavana okay now we know where the tour got it from he's quoting the Rambam that a person has to get rid of all other thoughts and understand that he's standing in front of the shekhinah person has to sit a few minutes before the Tvila. okay and afterwards he can double that is halacha Tet uh, zayin uh, in parak Dalet. Let's look at um, similarly in parak dalel tet vav tet zayin. The Rambam says, "Kavanat alef ketzad, called tefilah she'enah b'chavana enah tefilah." Here, for the first time, the Rambam is telling us that if you don't have the correct intention, right, it's not considered a tefilah. The ramification is, if you didn't have the correct, um, if you didn't have the correct intention, you have to repeat the amida. Says the Rambam further, A person who hasn't got the right frame of mind cannot even daven. That's uh, because a person who comes, a person who's been traveling, um, he cannot daven until his mind is settled. This is the famous um, That a person's pattern from davening for three days um, in order that his mind shall be settled after traveling. A famous uh, discussion between Rabbi Rabbi Kiva Eger and his grandchild, Rabbi Kiva Eger, we know was a big uh, was a big uh, misnagid, and he was um, gadolador. His grandchild became a Hasid. So his grandchild, when he was a chassid, he went to Hasidish chassidish uh, yeshiva, and uh, Baina's money was coming, so he was going to spend Baina's money with his grandfather. Now, we know that uh, often Hasidim were not so makbed on Zmanei Tfila. They would often daven after Zmanei Tfila. So uh, the Hasid went up to his Rebbe and says, This isn't going to fly in my, in my grandfather's house, Rabbi Akiva Ega. You know, what am I going to tell him when he says, Why didn't you daven Bizmano? So he said, Quotes in the Salacha. The halacha is that a person is not allowed to daven until he has yeshuvadat. For chassidim, we have to go to the mikveh and we have to have uh, the uh, isbodadut, or whatever it is for, for until a person has yeshuvadat and only then he can daven. Without that he's not allowed to daven. Anyway, that's just uh, uh, a bit of a sad uh, story, but based on this, uh, this halacha. Now, here's the Rambam. The, the, an interesting halacha that we've learned from the Rambam. That intention is so critical that it's ma'akev, meaning if a person didn't have the right intention and he doesn't, yes, repeat the tefillah. Now the Rambam tells us k'avana. So we said notice the Rambam doesn't mention at all understanding the words what does he mention getting rid of separate thoughts and basically understanding that a person is standing in front of the shekhinah also um the rambam doesn't seem to to limit it to a certain part of the tefillah again when we talk about tefillah we talk about the shmona it seems to be that the rambam is saying you have to have this intention for all of shmona and what is that intention two things get rid of other and recognize that you're standing in front of many Ribono shel let's look at Rambam in Hilchot Pilah Perik Yud Up until now we've been focusing on uh, perik dalet let's look at Rambam in Hilchot Pilah Perik Yud halakha ala mi shey velo kiven et libo yachzor bepilah bkhavana Okay, person didn't have kavana has to repeat the, the tefillah. Vim shuv But if he didn't have kavana for the first bracha, that's good enough. Here, the Rambam is telling us two things that we didn't know before. First of all, he doesn't tell us what kavana is over here. He just has a very generalized kavenet He has to have Kavana of his of his heart and bo uh, meaning Islamic thing, whatever kavana is critical is only for the first uh, for the first ruha. After that is not a problem. Now, is this Rambam in Perik Yud contradicting the Rambam in Perik Dalit? Firstly, the Rambam in doesn't limit it to the first bracha, it seems to be the entire Tfilah here, it's clearly limited to the first bracha. Secondly, what is the nature of the kavana here? Is the Kabbana here based, is it the same Kabbana that the Rambam was elaborated on in Perik Dalit? Let's see Rabbeinu Chaim of Brisk, how he understands he <laughs> Yeah. He brings oh, this. Uh, thank you. He brings this saramba and he says that lichhora there's a Won't go into it, but there's a as as we, we, we kind of highlighted. Vinira the tray gavne kavonat yesh There are two separate regarding sorry, two separate intentions of kavana that a person has to have regarding tvilah. The first is understanding the words. and that is when the Gemara talks about et And then there's something else, and that is et libo meaning a person has to said that he's standing in front of a kosh so, when read the a din kavana, Now says, there's a, um, Rav Chaim of Brisk, a beautiful lomdas uh, hakira. He says like this: the kavana of understanding that I'm standing in front of Hashem is not a Dinin in kavana. Din in kavana is understanding the words I'm saying. It's it's defining that what I'm doing is a ma'ase tefillah. If I don't know that I'm standing in front of a kodesh baruch Hu, I am not doing a ma'ase tefillah, and that is not necessarily connected to 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 the specific definition of kavana It's just nothing. It's not a ma'ase tefillah. However, even if I've got a ma'ase tefillah, I still need to know what I'm saying. That says Rav Chaim of Brisk is limited to the first paragraph, but the. The maizet meaning the understanding, the cognizance of that I'm standing in front of the Shekhinah, that is for the entire Shemona Yisrael, and it's got nothing to do with Kavanah. Without it, it's not considered a maizet It's not considered an act of doubling. And that's why the Rambam doesn't limit in Perik Dalet to the first bracha, because there he's defining and this, that a person has to be cognizant in standing in front of the king, and that has to be for the entire tefillah. And if it's not for the entire tefillah, it's a problem. Whereas Perusha Milim says the Rambah, it says Rav Chaim of Brisk, that's referring to the first uh, bracha. Now, one of the difficulties with this understanding of the Rambam is that the Rambam never, ever, never anywhere, at least in the uh, Mishnah Torah. Doesn't elaborate on Perushamilim. He just says, libo. Where do we get Perushamilim? Meaning, it's not so intuitive to understand the kavana is Perushamilim, even though that's where the Tur and the Shulchan Aruch Pasken and the Rav Chaim of Brist, This is basically also the Shit of the Rambam, meaning the two separate Kavanot, and it's starts from the Rambam brought down in the Tur and the Shulchan Aruch. Um, for those of you who want to read the essay at the end of this, it's Perhaps those who Akronim, they want to infer that the Rambam is referring to Kavana as Perusha Milim is because he wrote a tshuva, not in his Mishneh Torah, but in his responsa. There he does talk about Perusha Milim. Perhaps that's how they put the connection together. But as I said, i like to read the article at the end of this, um, this Gemara. OK. The Chazonish doesn't accept Chavchaim of Bist. Why does the Chazanish have a problem with the uh, Tshuva of Rav of Rizk? First of all, again, the fact that he says um, that Nibo means perusha milim seems to be a kvitzah. It's, it's a jump. Not explicit in the Rambam anyway, at least not in the Mishnah Torah. But let's read what the Chazanish has to say. Kol adam haomed litpaleh lo shayach bo right? <clears throat> when a person is davening, so it's not shy to say, I'm mit'asek, I'm, I'm just like, not, not uh, don't know what I'm doing. There in, in, there's still a, call it a very, very large cognitive understanding that a person is davening. that what I'm doing right now as I'm davening, says the Chazonish that no, this, uh, um, it's referring to a general that a person has to have that what? that a person is davening but from there to say that a person has to be cognizant that he's got the Shechina in front of him every second of his Amida and if he doesn't have that he didn't have a at fila says Chazanesh lo Why is it lo Because it's not possible that that's what Chazal could have uh, uh, intended because who who has that uh, um, kind of cognizant thought every second of the of the Amira And therefore, Rav Chaim doesn't, uh, sorry, the Chazanesh doesn't agree with Rav Chaim in terms of what the definition is of this general understanding that I'm dubbing. He does agree that there's a contradiction between the Rambam and the Rambam is talking about two separate Kavanot. In fact, Dali, is talking about a general kavana that I'm doubling, but here the Chazonish argues, it's not that I have to understand that a Baruch is in front of me, but a cognizance that I'm doubling. Other than that, there's a obligation to understand the words, and that is limited to the first Brocha. Okay, so now that we have clarified the Machloket between uh, Rav Chaim of Brisk and Chazonish, what is the shit of the Rambam, we can continue and uh, again Lichora, just just uh, perhaps it's important to stress the
0: opinion of the Rama, i skip skipped let's just go back to the Rama, sorry. Um, no, okay. Uh, today, even if you didn't have
1: kavana in the first bracha, we don't repeat it. Why not? Because there's no guarantee that you have kavana the second time you 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 say the and therefore uh, today we basically, even if a person is uh, thinks that he didn't have kavana, we we, we don't repeat that the Amida. That's uh, the general fact. At least uh, for, for Ashkenazim, for Svaridim, if a person knows that he didn't have Kabbalah for the first brocha, perhaps he should repeat me Shmona Israel. Let's add a few other uh, conditions to the required intention when one is ablim. The Gemara in the Mishnah in Brachot says, "Rabbi yezor al-set filato keva ent filato tachanunim. Person who makes his prayer fixed, so um, it's, it's not considered a correct supplication, and it's a problem. Also Gemara, what's considered a fixed prayer. So we have different understandings. Amar Rabbi Yaakov, Idi, amar Rabbi Oshayah, kol she tevila toh domelo alav k'masoi. The person is like, just wants to get the tevila over with, and it looks like he's a, it's a burden, he wants to run out as soon as he's finished Shemona Yisraeli, that is when once tevila is not going to be um, accepted. and amrei kolmish enosh omeret belashon tachmonim. No, a person's got to uh, recite it with the correct supplications. And Rabbi, Rabbi Yosef, they both say, you have to bring some nuance, some novelty when one is doubling. What is the Shulchan Aruch person? Says the Shulchan Aruch, person should daven with supplication. What does that mean? Like a poor person who's coming to knock on the person's door from a wealthy person and beg for tzedakah, you do it with, 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 a, with a supplication, with a certain amount of humility and uh, plea. Furthermore, it should not be looked to him like a burden. Often, uh, often see this with uh, kids that are, the father says, Todd, you can go out and play with your friend's soccer as soon as you finish davening." So you see dubbing, dubbing, dumbling. they take three steps back and bam, they're out of the shoulder. That's uh, that's okay. not, not judging uh, not judging uh, kids, but uh, that's that's what we don't want to do at least as adults. That's what we don't want to do. That's what we shouldn't be doing. Um, uh, and also Says uh, the Mishna Bruh, <speaking in Hebrew> we need to be very careful about this. according yeah? to the Mishnah we basically we don't go back and dump. The <speaking in Hebrew> no, the person didn't dump on his application, he was looked like a masai and he knows it, then actually he should repeat the fila. Okay, we'll stop there for today. Perhaps next week, uh, do you want to start learning Hilchot uh, Pesach? Yes, please. Okay, so so we'll dedicate uh, a share to Bedikat and Bitul and then a share to uh, one or two sharing to uh, Leila. Okay,
0: Yashakov, everybody. Curfew. Okay, call Thank to. Thank you. You. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye.